the Lord is going to take us on a journey this morning that's going to empower us to walk in his authority. And I want to start out by telling a story. How many people have seen uh, the movie Fast and the Furious? Yeah, all 20. No, like the 20 movies, Fast and the Furious. Okay, well, we're going to start the altar call now. All heads bowed, eyes closed. You watch the movie? Okay, I'm just joking. But I really thought when I was graduating or getting out of college for the first time that I too was part of Fast and the Furious. I had a Mitsubishi Eclipse, and man... I had the blue lights on the inside. You couldn't see the wires or anything. You always had the white visor hanging from the, from the windshield so you could, you know, it would light up and people would be like, oh, that's so awesome. Not only did I have that, I had installed uh, the undercarriage lights. You guys remember from the movie where they like, uh, they were yellow. Man, they were awesome. All right, I'm just saying, they were awesome. And uh, although the car had uh, no power under the hood, I at least thought... I at least thought I was part of the Fast and the Furious, you know, and go around telling people, family's important, you know, it's all about the family. Uh, I'm just joking, but not really about the car, that's all true. And I, well, there was one day that Manny and I had just gotten married, and we were driving back from Ohio, because I'm from Ohio, and we had gone there to, you know, celebrate all, with all the people who couldn't make it, and we were going to get presents and money, and see the people who couldn't make it, and... Um, on the way back, being me, I was in a little bit of a hurry trying to make that 12-hour trip in eight hours or something like that, you know, Fast and the Furious style. And um, like you do when you are breaking the law a little bit, you're looking in your rearview mirror periodically to see if there's any lights behind you. Anybody else? I see. It's another trick question. So at one point, I do this, and there is this car behind us, and uh, I see this guy, like, putting something up and down in his windshield, and I'm like, man, I, I remember telling Mandy, I was like, I think this guy has a hairdryer. Like, what is he doing in the car with his hairdryer? Look, a hairdryer going up and down, up and down. And uh, finally, about a couple miles down the road, I look back up, and there is this uh, car now, the guy with the hairdryer, who has placed a light in his window and I promise you, this light looked like something that you get at like a party store, where you know where it's like, and it just like goes all around. And I was like, what? I was like, so I pulled over, and he got out, came to the door. He didn't show any credentials or anything. He actually told me he was part of some agency that I'd never heard of before. And I was like, okay. But then he, he said, listen, I'm just going to let you off on a warning. Got back in his car. And man, I tell you what, there was nothing about this guy that said authority, except for the fact that, you know, he had a fake light in the window and pulled me over. No uniform, no badge, no gun, nothing. And the more I think about it, the more I was like, well, I'm super glad because we maybe could be on like the next 48 hours or dateline, okay? I mean, I'm serious. But so that's, that's story number one. He didn't have any authority. I unfelt authority over me because he didn't have anything to show he had authority. So the another time that I, I was the first time that I met my wife. It was the first night, and you know, like any, any guy, I like want to impress my wife, my, well, she was my future wife. 
And so she's in another car with her friend, and I'm in a car with my friend. I'm like, oh, let's, you know, let's impress her. Let's go 100 miles an hour on the freeway, right? Nope. I pull out, pull in front of a car, and, and the lights go on. And at this point, man, I feel like my heart has just sunk to my chest. I'm like, wow, this is going to make a great impression. And so I pull over, and uh, this guy has a uniform on, a gun, a badge. And man, I, the authority that I felt, I was scared to death. This is where I started my crying. <laughs> I'm telling you, it works for guys. <laughs> I did really did cry. But you know what I told him? Just being honest. They say be authentic. Okay. So after I cried, he asked me, hey, where are you coming from? And man, like any good, smart Christian young man, I said, I'm, I'm coming from Faith Baptist Bible College. Just down there, sir. And uh, he was like, oh, you're a faith student? I was like, yeah, yes, sir. And he's like, all right, I'm going to let you off on a warning, but you need to slow it down. Okay, but my point this morning is that the first guy that I was talking about that pulled me over, I didn't have anything that, that had showed me he had authority. Guys, and the second guy, he had the badge, the gun, the proper lights, and uh, the proper uniform and badge and all the credentials that showed he was an authority that I needed to listen to. Today, I want to talk about two words, exosia, which is the Greek word for authority, meaning the right to control or to command. And all the scriptures that we're going to go through, when we see the word authority, this is the Greek word that it comes from, that in control, the right to control or command. And then dunamis, the Greek word for power, it is the resource to execute authority. That's the power. In the New Testament, it means like all these interactions with Jesus, uh, when we see the power of Jesus, it's the inbreaking of the kingdom of God in people's lives when they come in contact with the Savior. That's the power that they are experiencing. And so turn to your neighbor and say, we're going on a journey. We're going on a journey. And I believe when we start this journey, I believe the Lord has set it up that we start the journey and then we finish with something that God wants to do in our lives. Let's just ask the Lord right now. God, Lord, come right now, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're here. God, we ask for you to, God, just turn the soil of our hearts, God, to be ready to plant seeds, to be ready to listen. Father, and be ready to be changed by the power and might of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, number one, point number one today is that Jesus has the authority. Jesus has the authority. Now, the next couple uh, of, of lines that come up on the screen here, uh, they, we're not going to turn to all the scriptures, uh, but they are on there. Please take notes, write them down, go back and look on your own. I'm going to share a little bit about them, but for time's sake, we are going to just talk about them. You can look them up later. Let's look at the authority that's seen about Jesus through 
the Gospels. Jesus taught as one with authority, and that's found in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 through 29. This is at the, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, so he's going through all these things, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, and now it's coming to a close, and it says, the people were astonished because he taught as one with authority. And we have to understand that they thought this because the scribes would always quote or cite the, the rabbis or the Pharisees or the other scribes and say, oh yeah, this is what so-and-so said. Oh, this is what so-and-so said. But Jesus didn't have to do that because Jesus taught as one who had authority because he was both 100% man and 100% God and he carried the authority from heaven to teach. And the people could feel that he was a teacher who had authority. That's number one. Number two, Jesus had the power to forgive sins. Matthew 9, 1 through 8. Uh, they crossed over in a boat to Capernaum, uh, which is Jesus' hometown. They crossed over in a boat, and, and they brought a paralyzed man to him and said, hey, we, we want you to heal him. We know you can heal him because they had heard about the healings of Jesus, and, and they wanted to heal him. And Jesus said, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. Oh, and by the way, rise up and walk and take your bed, you know, get out of here. And, and he gets up and he walks. And, you know, people start freaking out. The scribes, the Pharisees, they're like, oh, what? Uh, only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is like, okay. Well, he answers them. And I love this scripture because it's so cool. It says, Jesus, knowing what they were thinking, they didn't even say it. Knowing what they were thinking, asked them a question, which is easier for me to say, forgive, your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? And the implied answer is, well, if he just says your sins are forgiven, there's no way to fact check that. You can't tell whether his sins were forgiven, but it is easy to tell that he can rise up and walk. So he was proving to them that he had the authority because he was both divine and human. He was God, Jesus, in the flesh, the Son of God. Authority, number three, authority to heal the sick. Again, Matthew 9, 1 through 8. I just picked this scripture because we already talked about it, right? But uh, he healed the paralyzed man. He said, rise, go get up and walk. You can look all throughout the scriptures and find situations where Jesus healed blind eyes, healed people who were paralytic all, all, all over the place. It says in some places he healed everyone who came to him. Amazing. He heals a paralytic man. And guys, I've got a personal story about that. If you were here on Wednesday night a couple Wednesdays ago, and then the women's class man he was teaching, she started to tell this, this story. But when we were in Tanzania, I almost died a couple times. And one of the times, it was because I had a dengue fever. Uh, and this this disease is, is not curable. A lot of people die from it. And I had actually already told me I was sweating, man. I sweated. I couldn't barely move. My hands were like seized up. And, and we really thought, you know, hey, we're going to die on the mission field for Jesus. And, uh, you know, telling her goodbye and, you know, kind of like some plans of what to do next. And he, here's what I do know is that uh, some people who believe that Jesus had the authority to heal, that Jesus's authority was for them to invoke started to come they knocked on our door they came in my room they picked me up out of my bed and they took me to their land cruiser took me 
into town on all the bumpy roads, carried me up an entire flight of stairs where there was a prayer meeting going on in a group of people, and they laid me at the, at the, the altar of the prayer meeting and asked, hey guys, he is dying. Can we please pray for him? So everybody laid hands on me, and you could just hear uh, the, the, the people speaking in the native language and the missionaries praying for me. And guys, as I am standing here today, my fever immediately left immediately left and where I could not walk up the stairs I was walking out the building and out the door and back into the car and the next day I woke up you would not have even known that I was dying the Lord had healed me but it was because somebody believed that Jesus still had the authority today to heal and they invoked and walked in that authority to do so. That's the kind of Jesus we serve who has the authority to heal and to rise up and tell people to walk in the name of Jesus and it's still for today is not done. Point four, authority over demons. Mark 1, 34, this is a, a, a common thing for Jesus. He would uh, rebuke demons and drive them out of people. And uh, in fact, right here in this passage, it says that uh, as he drove them out of people and cast them out of people, he actually said, hey, and by the way, you're not even allowed to speak to me because you, they knew who Jesus was. They, even the demons, recognized the authority that Jesus had over them. He said, you, you can't even speak to me. And, uh, and they wouldn't. But guys, here's, here's what happens. When, when Jesus, uh, we live in a, a dual kingdom, right? We live in the kingdom of light, and then there's the kingdom of darkness. And every time that Jesus uh, encountered people, like these people here, he was casting out the demons. What he was actually doing was advancing the kingdom of God and driving back the power of the enemy because he has the authority to drive back the power of the enemy as people encounter him. Number five, authority over creation. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. We, we, this is a very common story for us, right? Uh, for most of us, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but where the disciples are in the boat, right? And Jesus falls asleep in the back. And then all of a sudden, the winds and the waves come. And the disciples just start freaking out, man. They're like, these are guys who lived on the ocean, okay? Or lived in the sea and worked. They were fishermen, right? So it shouldn't have been that scary. But they were terrified and thought that they were going to die. So what do they do? They wake up, Jesus, Jesus, are you going to let us die? And Jesus stands up and what does he do? He says, peace be still. The winds and the waves, they obeyed him because he has the authority over creation. That even the winds and the waves obeyed him. The last point here. Now, when I say the last point, that's just for the first thing we're talking about. All right, stop celebrating in the back. Woo, hallelujah. The authority to bring salvation. John 14, 26, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except 
through me. You can't sit in a pew enough times. You can't uh, give enough tithe in the back. You can't do enough good things to be counted righteous before God and in good standing and judgment before God unless you come through the authority of Jesus who purchased who purchased payment for your sin and my sin on the cross of Calvary. Oh, he had the authority to take his, himself down off the cross and say, forget it, this is too painful. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take myself down. But you know what? He didn't because he loved us and, and he knew he had the authority to take away our sins and purchase us on the cross so that now we can through belief in Jesus and his death and resurrection, we can now have a right standing before God and have a right relationship for God. And it's only through Jesus. He has the authority. After his resurrection, get this, after his resurrection, Jesus was given by God the Father even far greater authority over the church and the universe. It's kind of one of those, wait, but more, right? Ephesians chapter one, verses 19 through 22 says this, and what is the immeasurable greatness and the power towards us to those who believe according to the working of his great might and that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above the rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age come on but the age to come and he put all things underscore highlight all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church first peter 1 22 now christ has gone to heaven he is seated in the place of honor next to god and the angels and all excuse me all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority if you're not getting excited reading this man there is something wrong in this place today because listen it says that all things were placed under king jesus feet and i love what it says here when it says and all the angels and authorities and powers they accept his authority because there is none above him. He has all the authority, the power to command and to control or in his authority because he is empowered. And guys, we've got to submit to that authority. And, and I tell you what, when we read things like this, one thing it requires of us, I feel like, man, it just makes me want to worship. Like it makes me want to be like, woo, Jesus, you're amazing. Man, you have authority. You are, the, you are, you are amazing. Yes, you guys agree? Yeah. Let's get the worship team back up. I'm just joking. We're going to finish. And then you can worship. All right? But you can worship right there in your seat as we just praise and thank him for who he is. He has authority. That's the first stop on our journey. You've got to understand that he has the authority. Now, the next stop on our journey is we have to understand that Jesus, is, Jesus requires a surrendered response to his authority 
He requires a surrendered response to it. One, it makes us want to worship him. But two, it, it makes us, it, we should have a surrendered response to authority. Matthew 16, 24 through 25, we have to follow him as the authority. It says, then Jesus told his disciples, if any one of you want to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You see, he is the authority, and so our position to his authority needs to be a place where we surrender to his authority and say, okay, God, I I'm going to follow you. It may not be easy. I may inc incur hard things and hard times, but I can tell you what, it's not going to be because of lack of your authority, but I'm going to follow you no matter what happens because there is not an authority that is greater than you. We need to surrender to him completely. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tread lightly here because my wife is on the front row, but I did tell her I was gonna say this. So just know, it's, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself checked okay I don't want to be nervous some of you may have a spouse or you may be a child who has a parent and uh, you're driving with them and they really like to drive when they're not behind the steering wheel you guys know I'm talking <laughs> careful I checked with my spouse <laughs> Just saying, just saying. My wife will sometimes from the passenger seat, oh, slow down, speed up, get around the truck. You got, you got, you got to turn in five miles. You better get over to that lane. Yeah, five miles. It's like five minutes. So what is she trying to do? She is trying to exercise authority of driving while I'm in the driver's seat. Oh, wait for it. Y'all ahead of the game. <laughs> but listen, if she wants to have authority over the car and over the driving, she's got to get out and get into the driver's seat where she has the control. But part of the problem is, Christians, is that we do not want to let God get in the driver's seat and completely surrender to him so that he's in control. You guys know it? There has got to be a position of surrender. And here's why. Because you cannot operate in this authority that Jesus has you guys know where we're going until you have surrendered to his authority. You see, a lot of times, it's like, it's like uh, kids who, who, I can say this because I was, this happened to me, okay? You, you, you get out of college and all of a sudden, you want everything that your parents have. Am I, are we the only people that did that? Okay. You're like, oh, well, they had a big old house. Well, I'm going to have the big old house. We don't have any kids. We going to. We could have known that. That's true. Six. <laughs> we wanted the nicest cars, not realizing that our parents worked 
forever to get to that place. It didn't happen overnight, but to my eyes, it seemed like I should have what they have because I'm a grown adult now. Oh, we're laughing now. But wait. But guys, as Christians, we want what God has for the authority. We want to see the inbreaking of the gospel, of the power of Jesus Christ in people's life. But we're not willing to surrender to it. We want results, but we're not willing to give up control to God to let him be the one that's driving what's going on. And he will not honor that, nor will we see the results we want until we surrender to the authority of King Jesus who has the authority. We're having fun. This is fun. Point three. Jesus gives you the authority. You guys see this journey? He has the authority. We surrender to the authority. He wants to give you authority. Let's read Ephesians 2, 6 and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, you don't have authority because of you. When you became a Christian, when you became saved, when you surrendered your life to him, do you know what happened? It says that he put you and placed you in the heavenly places and gave you a seat in the seat of authority, not because of you, but because of who you are in Christ. It's because of who you are in Christ Jesus that you are gonna have authority to take over and drive back darkness in this life. He sends you with delegated authority. Guarantee, Matthew 28, everybody maybe could quote the Great Commission, right? And be like, this is great. But very rarely do we we back up and and read the first verse, which is uh, in uh, chapter, chapter 28, verse 18, where it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, I've got all the authority, but then he says, and you go into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all the things that you have observed. Guys, he wants to give you, church, the delegated authority to drive back darkness in your home, in your community, and in this world, because it authenticates who Jesus is in the message of the gospel. Matthew 10, 1 says, and he called to him his 12 disciples, and it says, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease in every affliction. Guys, could you understand what would happen? Let's just take Forney, for example. If everybody in this room rose up in the delegated authority of Jesus Christ and we started believing that when we prayed for people they they could be healed man not because it's super cool like because if we don't give them the gospel with that it's for nothing 
But what would happen if we rose up and we drove back darkness with the authority of Jesus Christ? It would be awesome. But he, he does that just like he did with his disciples. And he empowers you guys by his Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Listen, Elijah had, a, had an altar in fire, right? Samson had, had a, a, the jawbone of a donkey. David had a slingshot and a stone. Well, Jesus, God has given you the power through the Holy Spirit. Now, when you get the Holy Spirit upon salvation, that's awesome. You know, our spirit testifies with his spirit that we are children and sons of God. But wait. There's, wow, that's a theme now. But wait, there's more. Right? There is an initial act of the filling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's an actual event where he pours out his spirit in greater measure in the easiest most broad way to explain that is that he empowers you to do the ministry in his authority that he's called you to do right instead of it's like that police officer right man if he had his badge and his gun and his uniform man i know he's in authority well jesus has given you all things you need for authority we just need to receive it and i've got to tell you guys if you are here today and you have not known about uh spirit-filled wednesdays that are coming up oh my goodness I, I am so excited about this because uh, Pastor Robert and Pastor Judy, their, their direction of, of being a, a spirit uh, church, an empowered church that, that impacts the community. I, like, we're talking about it on a very broad level, and I believe this is like setting up what God wants to do. But man, if you can be here on Wednesday night, I want you to think of like the greatest thing that you want to go to that you're like, you can't sleep at night because you're like, oh, I can't wait for this to come. I can't wait for this to come. Man, I can't wait for Spirit Filled Wednesdays to come because I've heard the topics, and I feel like if we as a church come together and we attend and we learn and we grow and we start to operate in the things that we are learning, He is going to change this town. He is going to change your family. He is going to change your workplace. I, I'm serious. Nobody told me to say that. I'm just really excited for it. He has empowered you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You just need to receive it. We are talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you don't want to miss the Spirit-filled Wednesday nights. But the same reason he empowers us is the same reason he was empowered to authenticate who he was empowered, Jesus was empowered to authenticate who he was. We're empowered to authenticate the message of Jesus Christ and that he comes with all power and authority and that he can change. That's what I'm saying. If we pray for people and they get healed but we don't give them the gospel, we, we, we've missed it. Get healed and I'm gonna tell you who the healer is. And he not only healed you physically, but he can heal you spiritually. You see what I'm saying? You, 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 we, we come in contact with demonic forces all the time. And after it was, it was great to minister there because, you know, it's just, it's witchcraft. And they openly call it witchcraft. And it's great. Here, we just slap a name on it or, 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 or incognito, you know. Uh, it, it operates differently. But Lord, get, get one of the things we're empowered by the Holy Spirit is discerning of spirits. So we can see and we can pray and we can cast out demons, not in our power, but in the power of Jesus Christ. Because we have delegated authority. 
that's empowered by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Believers should be operating in their authority. Mark 16, verses 17 through 18. He says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Guys, I just feel like, hang on, I got to go get my bag of snakes. Here's a joke, people. You're freaking out back there. Oh, Jesus, help me. My first Sunday. Now, I just feel like if we're going to use a verse like this, I need to explain, all right? In every, in every one of those scenarios, you can see it go back to the Bible. So, you know, Jesus heals people. We see that all the time throughout the Bible. Uh, this is probably mostly referring to when, when Paul was at, in, in Malta, and uh, he was putting the, the sticks on the fire, and all of a sudden the snake jumped out, bit him, and they thought he was, uh, you know, a murderer, so they thought he would die. They thought it was his judgment, but he lived in Jesus' name. And uh, then, they, then they thought it was God, and he, they listened to what he had to say. Okay, the point is, is that there are signs that should follow people who believe. That's his protection and provision when we're walking in his authority. We don't have to be worried about what comes our ways because we're not, we're not subject to everything like, like men, but we have the power and authority of Jesus that goes with us through the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you can see people healed. You can see people's lives transformed. You can see people, demons come out in Jesus' name and be cast out because you have the authority that's been delegated to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, I'm ready to go out and take over foreign. Well, I feel like as the Lord was giving me these things, he was showing me four things why we do not surrender and walk in the authority that Jesus has given to us. The worship team's gonna come. And as we talk about these four things, number one, because you have become, one reason that we do not surrender and walk in the authority Jesus has given us is because you have become your own source of authority. Guys, this is, this is what's called idolatry. Now, nobody likes, nobody likes me to throw around that word. But the truth is, is if we're not willing to surrender to God, we're only willing to surrender partially to God, uh, or um, we, are, uh, we think that we have more authority than Jesus, we try to keep control. You know what? Anything that takes the place of the authority of Jesus in our lives means that we've become, it's become an idol. And we start to serve it. We're serving ourselves. We're too scared to, to surrender to him. And, and, and so whatever is keeping us from surrendering, that, that's the idol. And guys, sometimes, sometimes we don't want to fully surrender to him because we're too scared about what God is going to do and think, oh man, what if I truly surrender to God? And I start to see the inbreaking of the kingdom of God through my reactions and my relationships and my conversations in people's lives. What is my family going to think? They'll be like, what happened to you overnight? You might feel like they're going to judge you, like, oh, sure, now we're spiritual. Or maybe you're worried about the friends. What will your friends say? What will the people at work say if you start getting serious about this thing? What, what, will, what will people say when you completely surrender, or what will God ask you to do if you completely surrender? 
Oh, snap, maybe he's going to call you to Africa. Man, you'd be lucky. But I'm just saying, we get scared. We want to hold on to things because we're afraid of what he's going to ask us to do. Maybe he's uh, calling you to lead a small group. And you're like, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, yeah, you can. Because he's going to empower you to do so. But at first, you're not going to step out and do things if you're going to be scared about fully surrendering you, so you've got to set aside and say, you know what, I'm not going to be my own authority. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I fully give. The second thing of why we do not surrender and walk in the authority Jesus has given us is because we have become tired and stopped walking in his authority. You might be like, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I can tell you personally, like when we were in Tanzania, man, we were encountering spiritual uh, uh, de demonic forces after demonic forces after demonic forces. Man, we just, we, we had the opportunity to pray for hurting people all the time, and we were walking in that authority day in and day out. And then uh, we come back, then, then Mandy, a, 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 a few years ago, was struggling with, with really bad anxiety. It like came out of nowhere. And we're like, what in the world? And you know what? Every day that I woke up, I was like, I'm gonna walk in the authority and believe in the authority of Jesus because I'm not gonna have that destroy her and her mind and our family. But I can tell you that every day I woke up and every day I believed that and it didn't happen, I became tired, but I have to believe the word of God to be true and to be right. And I was like, I'm gonna keep pressing in and praise God. We saw healing in the name of Jesus. You see, we always want something to come immediately, but sometimes it doesn't come immediately. That doesn't mean he has less authority. But guys, sometimes, man, we can get so tired of walking in authority day in and day out. Like I'm telling you, maybe you've been in the ministry before, held a ministry position, or maybe you're here now in the ministry and you're having trouble just stepping out and walking and believing in this authority because you've become tired and worn out. But guys, what we've got to go back and look at is the times and the victories and what we've seen God do and know he's going to do it again. And that should propel us to not grow weary in doing good. We have to trust his authority to even sustain us and to keep us going, and he can empower us to do so. The third reason that you may be not wanting to walk right now in authority, Jesus, is because you're stuck in sin and you feel unworthy to receive his authority. I've got good news. Jesus has the authority to break the cycle of sin in your life in Jesus' name. On the fifth Sunday, what were we talking about? We, we gave a testimony about someone who, who had been free from drugs and alcohol for an entire month. Jesus had come in and broken that off. And that addiction is hard to break off. Guys, so I don't know what your sin is. I don't know what shackles you feel shackled. I don't know what, what you feel bound up and you feel like, like, man, I will never be free from this sin, so God's never gonna use me. I've gotta tell you today, it's gotta bow to the authority of Jesus because he has the ability 
to forgive sins by the power and authority of his blood that he shed on the cross. And if you just surrender that thing to him, man, I guarantee you he's going to empower you. He's going to even equip you to put people around you who will help you. But if you just keep that thing to yourself and you're just like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm going to just tell you he will, he will, he will. I've seen God in many years of ministry come and break shackles off the people's feet who have been bound in sin for years. They surrender to the name of Jesus. And man, I, I tell you what, there's like recent things that are happening with, with people coming to Jesus right here at this church and literally dumping alcohol down the sink because Jesus come and given his authority to break the sin as they surrendered their life to Christ. Come on, people. It's exciting. We need to rise up and we need to take the authority that he's given us. Don't be weary any longer. The only thing that you are doing is hindering what God wants to do through you. He can free you from your sin. You don't become worthy because anything that you have done anyways. You're standing before God in his righteousness and a right standing before God is because of Christ. All it takes is faith in Jesus Christ. The last thing of reasons why we don't walk in authority, I'm sure there's more, but these are the four I felt the Lord give me today and I feel like it's, it's connecting with some hearts this morning. Number four, you, you doubt his authority. If you believe the Bible is the ultimate authority, then I pray after today you're infused with hope. You're infused with, with awestruck that, man, you know what? If his word is real, and I believe it's real, if you don't believe it's, his word is real, then you throw out everything. But it's real. Tested and true the very word of God. And so you might be sitting there thinking, man, you don't know what I've been going through. I'm still praying. I'm still asking. That doesn't mean you give up, friend. His word is true, and I'm going to believe and pray for you every time that you get healed in the power of Jesus, because he's the one that has authority, not me. Guys, this morning, as we close... What I first want to do is I want to sing a song. I want to give God a moment for you to respond to the message just there in your seat. Just to surrender Him to Him quietly in your seat. So won't you sing this song with me this morning? And don't just sing it. If, if, you're, if God's working in your heart and He's like, hey, you got to surrender this thing. You got to start walking in authority. Just sing it with conviction. Sing it as a prayer. Sing it with everything you have within you. But just stay seated. And let's just sing this to the Lord.
Lord, we ask that you help us to take the posture of surrender. God, surrender to you fully in your authority. God, we thank you for your power that you give us. God, we honor you. We thank you. Church, here's, here's what we're going to do. I'd like everybody just to stand to their feet right now. Just to stand to your feet as we close and listen. Guys, I, I, I'm telling you that I've been feeling this in my spirit, that there has got to be a charge to the church to wake up and to walk in the authority that he has given to you. I don't know about you, but it's easy to complain about a lot of things that we see impacting our community, but then we don't walk in power to bring the kingdom of light to the kingdom of darkness when we know that the authority of Jesus will drive back the darkness. Church, we can't sit with our hands in our pocket any longer. We can't sit and and be complacent with what uh, is going on, guys, because here's the thing. We have the truth. We have the truth. And so right now, guys, I'm going to ask you, who wants to walk in the authority and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit and impact with the kingdom. I do not want you to wait one more second. Come right here to the front. If that's you today, you're like, yes, I'm impact is what I want to do. I want to go and infect this community to drive back darkness. Come on, church, let's come. And then we're going to worship together as we close this thing out. Hey, you know what? If you're sitting in that seat today and you feel like, man, I've been praying for this thing forever and I'm not seeing a breakthrough and I'm not seeing the authority. Guys, I want you to get out of your seat, to come up here and say, God, I'm going to ask you again in the name of Jesus, while you do this in my life today, I can tell you stories about Jesus bringing families back together who were estranged for a long time. Jesus helping people clarity on their sexual identity. Guys, Jesus is in the house and Jesus wants to break the chains that are holding you down. He wants to heal you today. Church, let's worship. Let's go together to impact the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our our prayer team, come up and let's pray for these individuals. Ask them, hey, how can I pray for you? What's God doing in your heart? And then we're going to join you in prayer guys let's worship the Lord let's encourage because Jesus is the authority and he has delegated it to you I have the authority Jesus has given me and when I open up my
guys oh man i ask that we don't become people who say i'm going to add you to the prayer list but that we stop and we pray in the name of jesus right where people stand and believe for them because we have been given the authority through jesus christ and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Guys, I just want to encourage you to, to come on Wednesday and to start as Pastor Robert shares the overall about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the need for all the things. But guys, I'm just going to say this service, can, can you can be dismissed, but I want to give the opportunity. The worship team will just continue to play because I feel like there are some of us who, who really just need to continue to press in and to call upon God and to surrender and to, to ask to walk in the authority. And some of us have, have things that we still want the Lord to do. And so God, we ask you to do them. In Jesus' name, you're welcome to worship as long as you want. But guys, you can also leave if you would like to. Authority. Jesus has given me in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I have the Thank you. You know, as I was sitting there, Pastor Brian was telling those stories. I it all of a sudden it dawned on me you know that that real police officer the, the real one that had the actual authority you know he also has the decision-making ability he can turn on his lights and pull up behind you and he has the authority to take action or he can say you know what it's been a long day I get to go home in 30 minutes. I don't want any more paperwork. I think I'll just chill right here in my car and listen to some tunes. Come on now. He has the authority to make the decision to exercise his authority or not. Church, we have been given the authority from Jesus Christ and we have to make the decision 
whether to evict the enemy or allow him to stay. That's a powerful thought today. Thank you so much, Pastor Brian, for bringing the word this morning. Great word. Great word. Listen, I, I, two things, two things. One, next week is Father's Day, and we have a, a just amazing time planned for next Sunday morning. Don't miss it. But the second thing is, Pastor Brian spoke just briefly on Wednesday nights. This coming Wednesday night is the kickoff of our spirit-filled summers. And every Wednesday night, we're going to be talking about an aspect of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about the person and the offices of the person of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I truly believe this is the word of the Lord for the season. I truly believe that this is what the Lord wants His body to hear in this season that we're living in. So I encourage you greatly, come on Wednesday nights. This is, this is celebration time. Wednesday night is when the rubber meets the road. And it's amazing. Listen, it is amazing to be a part of a church that runs almost as many on Wednesday night as we do on Sunday. That's crazy. I've never, I've never been a part of that, and I may have only heard of it one other time in all these years of ministry. I'm telling you, Wednesday night is where the rubber meets the road and where we get down and we really begin to dig in and we learn and we grow and we're discipled. So I encourage you, the men and the women will be joined together right here in the worship center. So we invite you this Wednesday night. God bless you. Thanks for watching online. We love you. You're dismissed.